0: everybody. Welcome to the Impact Fellowship Podcast. This is the podcast taking the teaching from Impact Fellowship, uh, putting it into smaller kind of bite-sized form. Also, uh, putting it into a more conversational feel uh, just so we can digest it a little better. Uh, we can dialogue with it some. We can wrestle with it when we need to wrestle with it, ultimately, so we can grow in our faith and impact the world. Again, these teachings are from Impact Fellowship Church in Greenbelt, Maryland. Uh, for more information, you can email Email at gmail.com. Com. Also find us on Facebook. And so there's two purposes really for the podcast. Again, I talked about the first one. Uh, the second one is we don't have church service every week. Now we have church every week. We, sh- we show up as church every week. We don't show up at church every week. So what I mean by that is we have church service. Um, you know twice a month, uh, uh, maybe sometimes three times a month, sometimes once a month, but then on those other times where we don 't have church we 're out in the community whether it 's feeding homeless people, uh, whether it is spending time with single at risk moms uh, and their children uh, maybe it 's nursing home uh, sometimes it 's just out on the street telling people about jesus and so we don 't have church service every week, and so we do the podcast so that the teaching can still go forward every single week, whether we have a church service or whether we 're out in the street doing the work of the ministry Uh, Again, we meet and and we do the work of the ministry every single week. Uh, We just don't have church service every week, and so we do the podcast. Uh, One thing that's going to be fun about the podcast, and we'll take snippets from um, the sermons, most weeks, um, but uh, for the most part, we go over the teachings. But I do it with some of the members at Impact Fellowship too. Uh, that way, people who have had a chance to kind of listen in, study the word uh, that in that, the teaching that went forward, uh, they may have questions, they may have thoughts. Man, I'm not the only person that God speaks to <laughs> at Impact Fellowship or anywhere. I mean, God speaks to all of us. And so sometimes, uh, you know, a sermon's going forward, or a message or teaching series is going forward, and God has placed something on somebody's heart regarding it. And so I want to invite them on uh, to talk about it and and God may speak to you to you uh, about some of the things that you hear on the Impact Fellowship podcast, uh, and 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 I want you to share it, and we'll share it on some of the uh, uh, podcasts. Uh, just email Impact Fellowship email at gmail.com. Again, Impact Fellowship email at gmail.com. So uh, today we're going to go over the sermon that was uh, t- uh, taught on uh, gosh May eleventh, the weekend of Mother's Day. Uh, we met Saturday at the Greenbelt Community Center, and man, we had a great time. Um, I can't even get into to everything that went on I mean let me just say This God is speaking to people And He and, and is confirming things And it's just been awesome uh, But what we talked about uh, Was from 1 Kings chapter 19 And it's called What's your cave That was the uh, uh, sermon title there What's your cave And so joining me today The first Impact Fellowship member To be on the podcast Is my wife Sierra Were you the first member Of Impact Fellowship Or were you like member yeah. 9 or 10 I or think
1: something?
0: I was the first Okay she know. was <laughs> She was the first <laughs> member uh, Of Impact Fellowship And so she's going to hang out On this podcast uh, and, and, talk about some of the things that may have stood out to her, uh, during the sermon or something like that. So anyway, uh, jumping right in, we were at first Kings 19, uh, first Kings chapter 19, and the title is, uh, what's your cave. Now what's interesting about, uh, first Kings chapter 19 is that we see Elijah, uh, but we see Elijah in kind of a different posture than we've seen him before. Uh, in the previous chapter, we see Elijah victorious. I mean, this is Elijah. He's ch- challenging Ahab. He's like, look, you know, my God is the true God. Uh, Get 450 of your profits. Bring them all down. You create an altar. i have an altar. You put up a sacrifice and whoever's God responds by fire, you know, that's going to be the true God. And then, you know, of course, God responds by fire and Elijah gets the victory and then he kills 450 of their prophets and he tells, uh, he tells Ahab, you know, uh, uh, you know, go back and tell them tell what you saw and, and it's going to be rain and all this other kind of stuff, right? You got to read chapter 18 to get the whole thing. Clearly, I'm summarizing in the Impact Fellowship right. version. Uh, but that's what happens. But then when you go to 19, uh, uh chapter 19, He's afraid and he's scared. As a matter of fact, it opens up where it says, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them, meaning may the gods kill me. (laughs) <laughs> if by this time tomorrow, you're not dead like the prophets you just killed, right? And so it says in verse uh, 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. The same Elijah mm-hmm. who challenged Ahab and all their prophets and was the only one on his side. Now, all of a sudden, he's afraid. Right? What in the world happened between chapter 18 and 19? to where he was this afraid. Now by the way, let's not forget, killing prophets wasn't anything new. This was going as a matter of fact, Elijah was already on the run. Mm-hmm. He was on the run when this showdown happened. And prophets had already been being killed. And so it wasn't like all of a sudden there was this new decree to kill prophets, right? Right. And so we see him afraid. Now by the way, uh we can relate to this. Yeah. There are moments in our life where We feel like we're on the top of the world where God has come through and he's made us victorious in some area of our life. And we're just like standing on the mountaintop shouting, there's no God like our God. Oh, we're so excited. And then the next moment we get some news. We lose a job. Someone betrays us. The doctor gives us a bad report. uh, And we're fearful.
1: Yeah. I was going to say too, like you look at Elijah and he's like, I mean, one of the staples in the Bible. Oh, absolutely. And and Mm -hmm. you can take from that and say, Hey, Elijah, who was this great prophet even had a moment of weakness or a time of fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes when we get tripped up in those certain areas, we get feel guilty and we feel like we're, you know, off track now. Mm -hmm. And we start to get unfocused. But I mean, here we have Elijah, um, who went through those same, You know, same feelings that we all have. And it's just... Everybody goes through it. We all go through it.
0: We all go through it. And so number one, if he went through it, I shouldn't be shocked and surprised when I go through it. And then number two, I shouldn't judge somebody else because they're in a fearful moment. It's like understand where they are. But it's so funny because we look at some of the people like Elijah and we revere them, even though we see that he feared at this point in time in his life. But yet we won't show that same kind of revere for other people who we deal with who we see, you know, when they go through that same kind of thing. And so we should be a little more understanding understanding. for ourselves and for others. Mm-hmm. And so we see that he's, he's, he's afraid here. Now, here's what's interesting, though. I want to take it back because I'm not going to sit here and make any kind of, you know, weird judgment. I like to just read the Bible and let the Bible speak for itself, right? Uh, and so check this out. If you go back to, to, to chapter 17, uh, you'll see in verse 1 where it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe." And Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. And this happened. There was a drought. Right. Now, when you move to chapter 18, verse one, it says uh, after a long time. Now, by the way, after after Elijah said that to Ahab, God told him to run. Mm-hmm. God told him to go hide himself, right? Now, here we go. In eighteen uh, chapter 18, verse 1, it says, uh, after a long time, in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. So, Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. Now, watch, so, so, two things, watch this. Now, just because in chapter 17, Elijah says, the God who I serve uh, uh, as my witness, uh, it will not rain till I say it. God gave him that. God gave him the okay to do that, right? Mm-hmm but it's still God who has the power. Right. So let's not get tripped yeah. out when, when we feel like we're so quote unquote anointed to where right. this happens when I speak or this happens when I sing or when I pray. It's still God doing it. Absolutely. Elijah said whatever he wanted to say in 17 about it's not going to rain uh, 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 except for when I say it. But then in 18, he says, go present yourself to Ahab. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it rain if I can use such a term like I'm <laughs> going to make it rain. But this is what it says. Right. And so uh, uh, and so let's not get confused with who has the power. Mm-hmm. Number one. Uh, but number two, what's interesting to me is the fact, and again, I'm just reading the Bible and I was stopped dead in my tracks. And I shared that impact. Uh, the week leading up to sharing this, um, because it was just kind of shocking to me when I'm reading the, the, this whole story and I'm, and I'm praying and trying to process it. Um, when I read in 18, again, this is talking about how did Elijah become so fearful? Uh, 18 one, I'll read it again. Uh, and verse two, it says after a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Here it is. Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the land. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab. I do not read. Okay in that verse or any of the following verses, God telling Elijah to do any kind of showdown right. with Ahab and the prophets. of Bel- I just, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here saying Elijah's walking in disobedience and Elijah's arrogant. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the word of the Lord did not come to him and tell him to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even though the Lord showed up, yeah, came down with fire at the sacrifice, the things that he do for his own namesake. Right. I'll just stop with that. <laughs> but, Another note to us, let's be careful about the things we say we're doing in the name of the Lord. Right. Unless the Lord is the one who told us to do it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know what I mean? And He puts it on, on our hearts. But this might give us some insight on why this guy is so bold, so, so powerful, so, uh, you know, uh, seemingly not afraid of anything, so brave one moment. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden is fearful in the next. And literally nothing has changed. Prophets were still, you know, wanted then. Right? Right. And so, um, and so, and so, when it, so, yeah, I'm reading through in 18 and 19 and we talk about some impact. I don't see where God asked for the showdown. But then he gets there and uh, in chapter 18, and you see he's got this showdown with Ahab. He says, go get all the prophets. We're going to set up two things, and whoever God comes down to fire and consumes it, that's going to be the God. And then after he does all this stuff and then kills the other, <laughs> and then kills the other prophets, right, that's when he then says to Ahab, uh, go eat and drink. This is verse 41, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah came to the top of Mount Carmel, bent down on the ground, put his face between his knees, uh, go look towards the sea. This is when the servant came back and said, it doesn't look like it's going to rain, but then he said, oh, I see a small cloud. And then the wind came and it rained. Then he got to what God told him to do.
1: Right.
0: After the showdown, after the showdown, after he proved his point, mm-hmm. that's a whole different part of a study. Uh, we may do a separate kind of thing on, on that. Cause that's a little deeper than what we want to go here on this podcast. But the point is, is that that might give us some insight
1: mm-hmm.
0: on why he was so fearful. Yeah. Because he got, maybe perhaps he got off track. Yeah. Perhaps the man of God got unfocused and now he's fearful. And also very, very fatigued at this point.
1: Which we all go through. Mm-hmm. We all get a little unfocused or even arrogant. We mm-hmm. like, Oh, I got this, you know. And I'm doing it in the name I'm, of the Lord I'm doing it God said I should do it or I feel like I'm being led to do it and we start to moving our own strength and in our own direction. We're not Mm -hmm. looking for direction from God. And we just start moving because we feel like, all right, we, we in there where I'm studying, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, doing this and doing that. And we can kind of get a little bit off track. And, um, yeah, it, ha- it, happens. And it ha-
0: happens to all of us. Right. Of us. And so and so then we, we're looking here uh, in, in chapter 19. We'll move a, a little further down. So Elijah's on, he's afraid he's on the run. He's trying to get out of there. Right. And so now he gets uh, under a tree. Uh, and this is in verse uh, four. Uh, and he says, uh, I've had enough, Lord. Uh, he said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Now he's talking about I want to die. Right. <laughs> So he goes from the Lord God be the only God, and he comes down with fire and he kills the 450. It's going to rain. And now he said, I'm ready to die. I'm I'm no better than my ancestors.
1: Talk about emotional roller coaster. That's what I'm talking about, Sierra, right there.
0: Emotional roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. Unfocused. So here we go. So then he goes to sleep. Now an angel came and touched him, told him, Get up and eat. So he got up, he ate, and then went, What? Back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we be doing too much. And we're tired. Yeah. We're fatigued. Yeah. He was asleep. The angel woke him up, fed him, gave him something to drink. He went back to sleep. Then the angel woke him up another time, touched him, said, uh, eat. Uh, and so he gave him something to eat and he drank. And he said that that that, 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 that food gave him enough strength for 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. He didn't eat again. Wow. He was tired. He was tired. And sometimes we run ourselves ragged. Yeah. And we're fatigued.
1: Yeah. And I feel like sometimes we get shut down like that too. Like our mm-hmm. body just. Yep. God's like, you You know what? It's too much going on. Sit down.
0: Our bodies are shut down. Yeah. Mentally, we'll shut Mentally. down. Mm-hmm. He can sit and talk about. I'm ready to die. Yeah, man, that's a quick turnaround from where he was before. Mm-hmm. Mentally fatigued. Physically fatigued, right? So now watch this. And this actually even plays into when he gets into this cave. So now he's at the cave, right? And now we'll go to uh, verse number nine. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah, right? And so he, he replies, I've been uh, very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have uh, rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword, and I'm the only one left. Here he is saying, I'm the only one. <laughs> what makes him think he's the only one? We'll get to the fact that he's not. But anyway, I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me, too. And so now here we go. This is is what's really interesting. So then, that's when the Lord says, go stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Right. And and then we hear this. is Some of us are familiar with the story. If you're not just kind of read it. But that's when the wind came and tore apart parts of the mountain. But the Lord was not in the wind. And then the earthquake came. But God was not in the earthquake. And then the fire came. But God was not in the fire. But then he heard a whisper. Still small voice. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he pulled the cloak over his face and he went out and he stood over the mouth, uh, over the mouth of the cave. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we pull from this, the fact that God speaks to us in a still small voice, which is true. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that this is a lesson about how God speaks to us because he does speak in a still small voice to us at times. I mean, sometimes he speaks loudly to get our attention and sometimes he speaks in a still small voice because he has our attention at some point or because we're paying attention or that's just the way he's speaking at that time. He, he speaks in different ways through people, through his word, you know, all kinds of stuff in our hearts. But I think that this is more so um, a lesson of, of, of like obedience and being in a posture to hear his voice. The reason I say that is because the spirit of the Lord has been speaking to him this whole time. There's not one verse that I read in the what 15 minutes we've been doing this Mm -hmm. that I have not mentioned that the Lord said to Elijah. Right. So it isn't like the Lord hadn't been speaking to him Mm -hmm. and it isn't like he hadn't been hearing the word of the Lord because he obeyed him even though he had a little bit of extra (laughs) in 18, (laughs) he he was obeying him. So I'm like, well, maybe this is not about, Hearing God speak Mm -hmm. because he'd been speaking to him the whole time. Again, when he was asleep, he woke him up, said, eat, drink. And he did what he ate and drank and went back to sleep. Mm -hmm. He woke him up again, eat, drink. And he did what he ate and he drank. And so he had been hearing from him. And by the way, the the word of the Lord came to him again, before the still small voice, uh, uh, reference here. Right. And says, what are you doing here? He responded to that question. Mm -hmm. So he heard the Lord speaking. Right. So I don't know if it was about hearing God speak, but let's pay attention to what he said though. So he says, what are you doing here? Why are you in this cave? Is what he asked him. And we're going to bring it around to to, to us present day. But he asked him, why are you in this cave? What's interestingly enough, or interestingly enough to me, is the fact that uh, he wanted to know why Elijah was in the cave. If you read in the chapter uh, before this, um, Obadiah, who was a a prophet as well, serving under Ahab, uh, was using his position to help prophets hide. And so Obadiah, when he met Elijah in the field, uh, told him, look, I've had a hundred of the Lord's prophets, 50 of them are put in one cave, another 50, I put in another cave. It was fine for them to be in the cave, mm-hmm. but God wanted to know why was Elijah hiding in the cave? Exactly. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Right. Mm-hmm. God might have them in the cave for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. He wants to know why are you in the cave? Right. Why are you hiding? I mean, that literally floored me. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Obadiah hid prophets in caves. Out of 100 prophets that are in caves. So in, at this point of the story, at 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 9, there are 101 prophets in a cave. That <laughs> sounds like a, like a rap song. <laughs> 99 <laughs> problems. But, you know, what is that, JC? Um, 101 prophets in a cave. He wants to know why one of them's in there. What are you doing in this cave? You are responsible for you. Yes. <laughs> it's on you. It's like you. It ain't on me. Mm-hmm. It ain't on Pastor Rick. Right. What are you doing in this cave? And so then he goes on and he has all these, he has his excuses. He's focused on the problem. Mm. He responds to God based on his problem, on his fear. And we do the same thing sometimes. Absolutely. God is speaking to us. And we respond with all the things that we're afraid of, all the things we're fearful of, all the problems, situations. Don't get me wrong. God wants to hear. He wants us to give him his burdens. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't asking him, what's wrong with you? <laughs> or oh, who's who's messing with you? Yeah. He's aware of that. Mm-hmm. He's wondering, why are you in this cave?
1: And it's interesting because you, you brought up the, the hundred other prophets that was in mm-hmm. there, too. And just, you know, bringing it to present day. You could be thinking like, well, hey, I'm, you know, doing what everybody else is doing. I'm singing in the choir or Uh um, I'm Uh serving at church, (laughs) Uh you know. This is what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. But what if God is not telling you to do that? Uh What if he told you to be somewhere else? And Mm -hmm. he like, why are you here? Why are you (laughs) Why are you here? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, bring it to the present day. Now, it's it's still relevant at this point. Why are you there where you are right now? Whether it's emotionally, whether it's physically in Mm. a place, Mm -hmm. whether it is, I mean, at a job. Why are you there?
0: Why are you right there? And so he responds with his issues, right? And so then here's what he says, verse 11. The Lord said, "Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by." And that's when all this stuff happened. Now, it was interesting to me too, is that Elijah didn't even move until he heard the voice. But the Lord told him to go out, just go, stand on the mountain, for the Lord's going to pass by. He stayed in mm-hmm. until he heard the whisper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He should have been out. Right. <laughs> from I'm just I'm just again. Welcome to Impact Fellowship Where we just read the Bible And the Bible says what it says He okay. stayed there mm-hmm. And so it was interesting to me That here we still have an issue Where Elijah Elijah is kind of not You know Following Or or going with What the Lord said Yeah I mean, I Or hesitating He how hesitated many, How many that's, times do we do that? Like mm-hmm. all the time Hesitate
1: Yeah we're like We hear it And we're like mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I need, I need something else. I need an extra sign. I need confirmation.
0: Oh, I, need confirmation. I need to call my pastor. Need, exactly.
1: <laughs> Maybe that was it. I'm not sure. And we, we heard it so many you times heard it. and you, you just got to do it.
0: You got to do it. And so he, and so, uh, and so he says, go, 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 go out of the mountain. Right. And then he goes out the mountain after he hears the voice. Right. And then, and then the voice says to him again, what are you doing here? Elijah gave him the same question. What are you doing here? And he gave him the same answer. He gave him the answer to the problems. I've been very zealous for the Lord God almighty. The Israel have rejected covenant, blah, blah, blah. I'm the only one here, etc. But then the difference this time with him out the cave instead of in the cave was that then God gave him instructions. Mm. He wasn't going to give him instructions as long as he was hiding in that cave. Mm. Cause if he was, he would have just gave it to him right. right then and there. Right. Because he said, what are you doing here? He responded in fear. He told him, come out the cave. He finally comes out the cave. He asked him, what are you doing here? He responded in fear. He gave him instruction. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to speak to him until he came out that cave. Mm-hmm. And so the question for us, when you're listening to this Impact Fellowship uh, podcast, is what's your cave? What's your cave? And it's emotional, your emotional cave. Maybe it's isolation when you're fearful or when you're hurt or when you're angry or when you get in one of your moods, mm-hmm. what's your cave? Do you run to isolation to hide a certain mentality? Oh, I ain't fooling with nobody but myself, you know, blah, 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 blah. We get in these certain modes mentally. That's a cave. Mm-hmm. That's a place where you're in. The cave is simple, simple. I'm not, you know, cause again, we read the Bible and the Bible says what it says. The cave represents in our lives right now, From this story, it represents simply a place where we're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The cave represents a place where if God was to speak to you, he would ask you, why are you here? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? So when we think about our life mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. uh, for me as a father, for you as a as a as a wife and as a mother, for me, as a husband, like for whatever these roles are as a leader, as a Christian, right. as a Christian, yes. as a Christian. What's my here. what's my spirit, my Christian cave yes. where if God was to come and speak to me right now in that cave, the place uh, the, the the cave represents that place where God would say, why are you here? And if we're truthful with ourselves, we all have places we can retreat to where we know we're not supposed to go where we know we're not supposed to be
1: right.
0: That's our cave. The place where we try to run the place where we try to hide the place where we're disobedient, the place that God is trying to pull us out of so that he can give us instructions. What's my cave. Mm. <laughs> what's my cave.
1: And think about what's on the other side of the cave Come on. Well, outside of the yes. Cave. I mean, <laughs> peace, freedom. Yes. I mean, it's just so much more that can come from you stepping out of the cave. The cave is bondage. The cave is yes. stress. Yes. The cage is, you know, I can't get myself together. I can't pull it together. I can't. It's, it's just come out of the cave. Once you come out the cave and get the instruction, think about the joy, mm-hmm. the, the love that can be shown, all those emotions that you get from going into that freedom.
0: It's where I go when I'm unfocused. Fearful and fatigued, mm-hmm. <laughs> the cave. That's,
1: true. That's true. I hide in the cave, and
0: God is asking us today. We're about to wrap up, y'all. He's asking you right now, "What are you doing here?" And we all know those caves. I can think of two or three caves right now in my own mind that I run to, mm-hmm. and I can hear the Lord speaking, saying, "Rick or Claude, depending on how you know me, he's <laughs> in this podcast. Um, what are you doing here?" What in the what in the world are you doing here? I know some of the other folks. I know some of them are are are, are, in, are in the cave, but I, I'm good with that. That's where that's where, they should be there.
1: Right.
0: I've, I've I've set it up for them to be there because mm-hmm. again, God set it up for Obadiah to be under Ahab so he can hide those prophets. Right. I set it up for them to be there in those caves. Exactly. I'm trying to figure out why you in the caves. Right. You got what a different you. You got a different call mm-hmm. or a different anointing. You got a different assignment. Right. You don't why are you in that cave? And so what we should do, folks, is, is identify those caves that we run to, that we hide in. Uh uh, uh and come out of them. Mm-hmm. Come out of those caves. It's so it's so interesting to me that the first step for Elijah, the first thing God told him to do, was come out of the cave mm-hmm. and get in the presence of God. Yep. Is it because the Lord is about to come, pass through. So come out the cave and get in his presence because he's about to pass through. Mm-hmm. Step out of the cave and get in the presence of God.
1: Yeah, that presence is, is key. Because you can step out the cave and get into another cave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. You can step you into the cave. to be in the present. Absolutely. I'm telling you, 1911, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain. Here we go. In the presence of the Lord. So obviously the presence of the Lord wasn't in the cave. Mm. The cave represents places we go where the presence ain't. Right. He says, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Mm. Come out the cave, y'all. Identify these caves. And here's the thing each day you may find another cave that you run to. Because sometimes we're not even aware we do it until we try to become aware if right. I'm doing it or not. Mm-hmm. And so daily, pray, God, open my eyes that I see these caves that I run to. Mm-hmm. Help me come out of these caves and be in your presence. That's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Impact Fellowship podcast. There will be another one posted next week based on the teaching at Impact Fellowship for this upcoming week. We'd love for you to join us Saturday. May 18th, 2 p.m. at the Greenbelt Community Center. Uh, That's 15 Crescent, uh, Greenbelt uh, Road. It's right there in the Community Center, room 114, uh, Impact Fellowship. Again, we'd love to have you this Saturday, um, uh, May 18th, 2 p.m., 2 to 3, at the Greenbelt Community Center, 15 Crescent Road uh, in Greenbelt, Maryland. Now, again, you can also follow us on Facebook. Just search Impact Fellowship. And um, uh, you can uh, email us if you'd like uh, email At gmail.com Come out the cave and get in the presence of the Lord Thanks here for joining us on the podcast
1: Yep, glad to be here